start tonight in 1 Thessalonians. And uh, Lord willing, over the next two to three months, we'll, we'll work our three, way through 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. We'll probably go pretty quick. Uh, they're both relatively short books. Those are in the New Testament. If you find any book in the New Testament that starts with a T, you're close. All the T's are together. 1 Thessalonians. We'll start in chapter 1. This is a relatively short chapter. So, Lord willing, we'll, we'll get through the whole thing tonight. 1 Thessalonians 1. Let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word, and I pray, God, that you'd help us to get something from it tonight as we begin to dig into this book. I pray that, that we'd see things that will apply to our life, and I pray, God, that as we begin to study tonight that you would help me to be able to preach and teach in a way that brings glory to you. I pray that you just hide me behind the cross. I pray that you open all of our ears that we hear, and I pray that something in your word that we read and hear tonight, God, would be something that we need to hear. You know where we are. You know what we're going through. You know if we need correction or encouragement or whatever it may be in between, dear Lord. So I pray that through your Holy Spirit and through your word that you would work in our life. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a writing of Paul, and we can uh, deduce from the name that it was written to the people of Thessalonica. And uh, that's where many of Paul's letters get their names from, the, the, the places that he writes back to. A lot of these places he would go visit, and he would write these letters back to them. And uh, sometimes he writes back to people and kind of gets on them a little bit. Sometimes it's more encouraging. Uh, and here at the beginning of 1 Thessalonians, the first three chapters of it, it's a very encouraging book. Uh, he's, he's proud of, of what he hears about the people of Thessalonica. They are doing good. Uh, we see Philippi is another, uh, Philippians is another good example of a book where Paul is really, really glad to hear of how good the people are doing. Now, uh, the first three chapters of, of Thessalonians aren't, aren't, aren't too bad. They're, they're pretty easy, uh, if we could say that. But really, when people usually think about Thessalonians, they, they may think about uh, chapters 4 and 5 of 1 Thessalonians into 2 Thessalonians. And we come up with things like the man of lawlessness and other, other ideas that make us scratch our head. And we try to figure out what do these things mean. And we will discuss some of those things when we get there. But uh, tonight's passage won't be too tough. It starts out, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. And so we see who this letter is, who's here when this letter is being written. It is Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. Now Silvanus there is, is most certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, the same person who is called Silas in some other books that we see. And Silas was alongside Paul on some of these missionary journeys. And Timothy was a young preacher. When you read the books of First and Second Timothy, Paul is giving Timothy instruction and preparing him for the work of the ministry. Uh, and we see these, these good words here. Uh, to the church, who's it to? Thessalonica. We see that in the, in the uh, introduction of the letter. Uh, and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ and grace and peace to you. So this type of introduction is pretty common in the writings of Paul. Uh, we see a lot of his letters start off in a very similar way. Perhaps when you write letters to people, you, you have 
uh, some similar things that you say, some encouraging words. Maybe you start your letters off in a certain way to people, and Paul certainly did that in his writings. Then he continues on in verse 2. We always thank God for all of you, remembering you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of our God and Father your work of faith, labor of love, and endurance of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, knowing your election, brothers loved by God. And so here we see beautiful language. He says, we always thank God for you, remembering you in our prayers. Now this is a beautiful thing, and hopefully this is part of our life too, that people that we, that we, that we come to know and love, our brothers and sisters in Christ, even, even people in faraway places, it is important for us to be encouraging to one another. Now, in Paul's day, he had, to, he had to get a papyrus and whatever they would write with and roll up a scroll and mail it around. But, man, how easy is it for us today? You can whip out your phone, literally, in about 15 seconds. You can type out a pretty long text message and send it to somebody anywhere in the world. That's pretty phenomenal. And so uh, we need to use some of our technology for good. Too many times maybe we use it for bad, but what a beautiful thing it is to say encouraging words like this to a brother and sister in Christ. Hey, brother, I hadn't seen you in a while. I hope you're doing good. I'm praying for you. Hey, sister, I hadn't seen you in a while. I want you to know I'm praying for you. Just a simple, small little text of encouragement is a good thing. And that's what Paul is doing here in this letter. This was Paul's version of a text message, although a little slower. Uh, but it eventually got to the people, and he thanked God. Why? Because there were brothers and sisters in Christ in Thessalonica. They had heard the preaching of the gospel, and they had put their faith in Jesus Christ, and they were doing good. And Paul was proud to call them brothers and sisters and proud to know of their faith and the work that they were doing for the Lord. Verse 5. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Spirit and with much assurance. You know what kind of men we were among you for your benefit, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, when in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. And so when the people of Thessalonica experience God. It, it was a real experience. They didn't just hear the words, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and that was evident in their life, and they became imitators of Paul and the rest of the ones that were there. That is, Paul and whoever was with him uh, were good examples to the people of Thessalonica, and in the midst of all that was going on, they still followed God. Now, what was going on? Well, he talks about that here a little bit briefly. He says, in spite of severe persecution, you welcome the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. Now, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ was not a popular message. It was not a popular message when Jesus preached the message. It was not a popular message after Jesus was crucified and resurrected. And so a lot of people didn't want to hear the truth of the gospel. But the people in Thessalonica did. And even though they were going to uh, you know, be, be under pressure by accepting this, this truth of this gospel, there were many, of course, that didn't like it. But, but they stood firm. They listened to this gospel, and they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we see this. If you want to turn to Acts 17, you can see what we're talking about here to get a little bit of a better idea. In Acts 17, verses 1 through 4, we see this mention of Paul in Thessalonica. Acts chapter 17, verse 1. Then they traveled through Amphipolis and 
Apollonia and came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As usual, Paul went to the synagogue and on three Sabbath days reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and showing that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah. Then some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, including a great number of God-fearing Greeks as well as a number of leading women. So Paul made journeys all over, and when he came to Thessalonica, he did what he always did. He preached to the people there. Now, it says he went to the synagogue for uh, three Sabbath days. Now, uh, probably what that means is three weeks in a row on the Sabbath day, uh, the seventh day of the week he went. Uh, however, there were other Sabbaths in, in Israel's culture, in the Jewish culture. It's possible it could have been other Sabbaths. But uh, likely, I would say he went three weeks in a row on the Sabbath. Now, why did, why did Paul go to the synagogue on the Sabbath? Because that's where the Jewish people were. He wanted to reach the Jewish people because why? The Jewish people were still living under the law. They were still living under the chains of the law and the burden of the law, and they were still trying to be delivered by the, the requirements of the law. They had missed Jesus Christ who had freed them from that. They had missed that Jesus was the high priest, that he was the sacrifice. And so Paul went to where the people were who, who needed to hear the message. Not that people outside of the synagogue didn't need to hear it too. They did. But we see this language sometimes of Paul, and that's why. That's where the Jewish people went. He wanted to make sure that they knew the truth. Now, some didn't accept this message, but some did. When he said, look, I'm, I'm proclaiming to you that Jesus is the Messiah, uh, some were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. They put their faith in Jesus Christ, and they uh, began to live a life for Jesus Christ. But this did not come without difficulty. Now, we just read in 1 Thessalonians about this persecution they faced. Well, we see that mentioned here too in Acts 17 verse 5. But the Jews became jealous and they brought together some scoundrels from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. Okay? So the Jewish people did not like the truth of the gospel. They had already killed Jesus. Well, guess what? The truth was, was continuing to go on because Jesus is victorious. So the followers of Jesus Christ were continuing to do the work of Jesus Christ, and the Jews did not like this, and so they had not changed. What do they try to do? They're still trying to destroy those who try to do the good work. Now, it's pretty underhanded. Well, things were going good for Paul and the gospel, and so they get some scoundrels, it says, and they get them to cause a riot. Now, people in our world have not changed much today. As Ecclesiastes says, there is nothing new under the sun, and even today... If, if you speak a truth or say something or try to do something that people don't like, you turn on the TV. What do you see? You see people rioting in the streets. That's what goes on in our world today when people don't like to hear the truth. They riot. And that's what was going on with Paul's day. So in 1 Thessalonians 1, when he is, is, is applauding the Thessalonians for standing up in the midst of, of persecution, uh, that's what he's talking about because the Jewish people were not happy. It would have put the people of Thessalonica in danger, those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. If they, if they put their self out there and said, we follow Jesus, well, they would, have, they would have instantly got some enemies in the Jews. But Paul says, look, you did good. You heard the message of the Messiah and you put your faith in it. You've received the Holy Spirit and God is doing a good work in you. Verse 7. As a result, you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the Lord's message rang out from you, 
not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. Therefore, we don't need to say anything, for they themselves report what kind of reception we had from you. Now you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. And so Paul is saying some good words about these people of Thessalonica here. And what is he saying? He says, you have been a good example. That is, they were living out their faith. They were, they were living out their faith in a way that, that Paul didn't have to be ashamed of them. He was glad to see that he had went to a place, he had preached the gospel, and the Holy Spirit and their faith in Jesus Christ had changed their life. They once worshipped all these idols, but not anymore. Now they worship the true and living God. And they were an example, so much so, that it spread throughout the surrounding areas. Not just a couple of places that he mentioned, but all the people around Thessalonica that saw these people that had put their faith in Jesus and the work that they were doing, they had become an example for those around. And so the gospel continued to spread. And that is what our world should look like too. For those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, how does the gospel spread? It spreads through us. Now, that's not to say that, well, man, I, we all have to be preachers. We all have to stand on a street corner and use a megaphone and tell people they're going to hell. Don't do that. That's not a good way to reach people. That's not the way Paul reached people. We don't, we don't have to preach to people. We don't have to condemn people. We don't have to memorize a lot of Scripture and, and be able to recite everything in the Bible. But what we do have to do is say, okay, God... I trust that Jesus Christ is the Lord. I'm going to study your word as best as I can. Help me to retain what I can. And God, tuck it away in my heart and put people in my path so that when, I put, when you put people in my path, God, I can be a light to the world. I can be a good example. And we have to remember that. Sometimes we think, well, I can't do the Lord's work because I can't preach or I can't teach. Well, there's a lot more ways that we can serve God than preaching and teaching. We serve God in the way that we serve people. Now, that's a key word there. Serve is a key word that we need to have in our vocabulary that needs to be part of our life as Christians because that is what God calls us to do. That is what Jesus did for us. The best example of this, at least in my opinion, is when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. What better example of serving? And so there are ways in this world that we can serve people, that we can love on people, that through the love that we've received through Christ, that we can love on other people. And that's how we live our life as an example. Uh, people can see from our actions that there's something different about us before we ever open our mouth. And, and doing loving things and serving other people and putting others first, well, that's a rarity in our world today. And so you better believe that when people see that in your life, they will, they will know there's something different about you. It will catch their attention. I'm not saying that we, we want to strive to go out to be seen by people. That's not why we want to do good works. That's not why we want to serve people. We don't want to do it so we can say, man, I hope, I hope the other church people are watching so they can say, man, he or she really listened to that sermon. Look at them serving. That's not why we do work. We, we, sometimes the works we do are seen, but we never want to do them just to be seen. We just want to do them because that's what God calls us to do. And so look around and ask God and say, God, help me to see ways that I can serve. 
And God will help you to do that. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what you're good at, what you're not good at. But all that makes a difference is love. That's what changes everything. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He loved us. He gave his life for us. And when you love people in that way, and I mean all people, not just the people who are good to you, but even the enemies, Jesus says, we, we want to love everybody. And when we say, God, help me to love like Christ's love, it may not come easy to you. It may be difficult sometimes. But when we ask God for that and we're genuine about that, God will give us that type of love. And when we have that type of love in our heart, we will be able to serve God in the way that, that God wants us to. And when we serve God, like Paul did and like the people of Thessalonica did, it makes a difference in the world. And so how is our world going to be changed? Anytime the world is ever changed, it's going to be because of the love and the power of God. And God uses us to share that love throughout the world. And so when we say, man, I, I wish our world would change. I wish we had a new president and knew this and knew that. Or I wish people would do this, that, and the other. Well, we don't have control over those things. But what we do have control over is the things that we do every day. And you don't know what impact you may have by simply loving on somebody. By telling them that God loves them. Maybe even by washing somebody's dirty feet. Sometimes we have to get our hands dirty. Sometimes we have to get out in the heat. Sometimes we have to do things that are uncomfortable. But let us be good examples of Jesus Christ. So that just as the people of Thessalonica were changed, in the midst of persecution, they said, we will stand. We will not cave. Why? Because their lives were changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And I hope all of our lives are changed. And I hope that we live as an example to the world around us so that God can change the hearts of the world. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for these good words, and I pray that you would help us to live by them. And God, maybe there are times that we have not always been a good example. I pray that you would help us just to look at our life and see, see those times, and I pray that you give us strength, dear Lord, to be a better example. Every, every word we say, every action we do, God, it's, it's watched by people in the world. And if it's, if it's good words and good actions that come from us, then to you be the glory. But, God, if it's bad words and bad actions, then, well, God, it makes you look bad. And, God, we don't want to make you look bad. We want to we make you look good, dear Lord. We want to do good works, and we want to be a good example, and we want to love people. God, so that people will see you, not us. And when people look at us, dear Lord, we want to bounce them right on up to you. Because, God, if there's any good in us, any love in us, any, any ability to serve and desire to be a good example, God, it is because of you. It is not because of what we do. So I pray, God, that you help us when we leave this place to not worry about how much of the Bible we know or how good of a speaker we are or any of that stuff. Let us leave here, God, just saying, I'm, I'm willing. Just let me be an example for you. And God, you put the opportunities on our path and you give us the strength and the ability to carry out the work you call us to. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.